Reddit is a well-known site with a section for everyone. You can browse posts about everything from Minecraft to football. But along with the lighthearted subreddits also exists subreddits where people can come with their queries and questions regarding dark family history, scary current events in the user's life, and everything in between. Today, we are going to be taking a look at five posts made to Reddit that tell of dark, disturbing, and creepy events. Turn off the lights. And prepare yourself. Let's step. Into the darkness. Hi there, I'd like some answers if possible to help settle my mind, as this just happened for the second time under the same exact circumstances as the first time, and needless to say, I'm freaked. For context, I'm a 22-year-old female living with her parents in the southern UK. The first time this happened, I was scared sick, but was willing to brush it off as a harmless incident. Now, it's happened again under the exact same conditions as the first time, and I can't help but think it's just too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence. This starting paragraph immediately caught the attention of Reddit users scrolling the subreddit when it was posted, and it sure didn't disappoint. A few months ago, my parents took a week-long trip by themselves, so I had the house to myself for a week. I don't drive or have a vehicle, and they took the car, so my driveway was empty for the first time they were gone. I kept dim lights on at night and doors locked at all times, and about halfway through their trip, the first incident happened. I like to stay up late at night so I can spend more time with my long-distance partner, so I was easily still awake at 3 to 4am. I live in the suburbs, and cars driving around outside my house is unusual at that time of night, so when I heard an engine on standby outside my house, I was curious. Went to peek outside and there was a car right in front of my driveway. It stayed there for about half an hour. During this time, the driver got out, knocked on my door a few times before sitting back in the car and browsing their phone. They then drove off after about 30 minutes, and came back about 10 minutes later to sit outside of my neighbour's house for about another 5 before leaving completely. I was scared fucking shitless. Having strangers outside slash trying to interact with my house while I'm home alone is one of my biggest fears. But after I calmed down, I was willing to chalk it up to maybe a driver got the wrong address and was trying to find the right one. Interesting and creepy. But like Obi said, maybe they simply got the wrong address. Let's continue reading. This would be scary story over if the exact same thing did not literally just happen. Once again, my parents are out of town, car gone, and I'm home alone. It was 4am. I was up late talking to my partner and I hear another fucking engine running outside my house. This time it's a motorbike. The driver sits staring up at my window, whistling. I can only assume trying to get my attention. My room light was visible on the outside. I hear him knocking my door a few times. He has a phone in his hand and is waving his arms around. I peeked out again from behind my curtains for about two seconds. 
I think he saw me as I moved against my wall and he walked to the side to try to keep his eyes on me. This shit made my blood run cold. After about five minutes I hear him talking on his phone. I can't make out what he was saying. Another five minutes pass and I hear him leave on his bike. Maybe I am way too paranoid about this but these two instances are literally the only times I have ever seen this happen to my house. What are the chances both times happen while I'm home alone? No vehicle in the driveway and at fucking 4am in the morning. Please, help me gain some peace of mind before I lose it completely. Let's go over this. Two events where an unknown person has pulled up outside of Opie's house near the hours of the morning. Second time, they knocked on Opie's door, whistled at them, and acted creepy. We certainly have an interesting case on our hands. Like Opie said, this could simply be a driver making a mistake and pulling up to the wrong house. This is the most unlikely option, however, as, for one, it probably wouldn't happen twice, and two, there's no reason that driver one would have to wait outside for another half hour. A more likely option that someone pointed out in the comments is that it was simply a delivery driver, but Opie says in an update that both times no delivery bags were on the person or in the vehicle. So with option two out of the window, let's entertain the disturbing, more serious options. It's highly likely that these guys were looking to rob the place. No cars in the driveway, possible that they thought the house was empty, but Opie says that they keep the lights dim so there was definitely reason to believe people were home from an outsider's perspective. It would be extremely risky for a criminal to rob the place of another person inside. The robbery option has a bit of weight as Opie mentions that their mother regularly posts on social media and she mentioned that she's on holiday, making it clear that she isn't home. You should note however that someone seeing this over social media and planning to rob the place is very unlikely as Opie says that not a lot of people know their address unless they are close. The most likely possibility here is that criminals saw the place and thought about robbing it if OP wasn't home, but it could be something much more sinister. Or the truth could be more light-hearted as some users pointed out. Someone said that a catfish could be leading the men to OP's address, while others theorised that the men were mistaking OP's address with that of a sex worker, which would explain the low profile, late night appearances. The last two don't really explain why they would sit outside OP's house for up to 30 minutes, and really the most plausible way to explain this is that the house was being cased. But I guess we'll never know the truth. Since the incident, Opie installed a ring camera and a floodlight to catch them in the act if it ever happens again. Opie's neighbours also noticed the guy and are aware of the situation. Since the updates, Opie has gone IA for six months, with only one update in the form of a reply to a comment asking if they are okay. They replied, Hi, yes, I am okay. Since we installed the camera, we have not had any suspicious activity since, so the best outcome, but also the least interesting. Let's just hope they continue to stay safe, and that it was simply a case of a mistaken address. I'm worried that I'm being stalked, although I'm not sure if I'm being paranoid or if the suspect's behaviour is genuinely concerning. I live in a condo in a small neighbourhood with one circular road that's maybe a quarter of a mile in circumference at most. There's this car that has driven by multiple times. This only happens at night. 
They'll usually speed past the house if I'm not visible through the window, but will slow to a crawl if I am, for example, if I'm watching Netflix. It still happens if I draw the blinds, since the side lights, long window next to main door, aren't covered. The person has come to a dead stop before, twice, then opened the car door and leaning out, then closing it, all while staring into the window. This has happened four or five nights now, all when I was downstairs. Half the time I'm upstairs. The car will pass by my house slash condo an average of three to five times each night, usually within the same hour or two, and I would like to once again stress how small my neighbourhood and its road is. Today, my significant other and I attempted to set up a scenario to make it seem like I was alone in an attempt to take a picture of the vehicle. A different car than usual came by and stopped outside of the house, but when my SO appeared in the window, the car immediately backed up. It's a one-way road, then sped past the house behind another car. I'm not sure if it's different people, the same person with different cars, or something else. This only happens at night, and the main vehicle is a dark colour. The one that backed up today was white slash silver, but we most likely haven't seen it after it reversed and sped off. All we know is that the suspect is most likely a white male. We suspect he's under 50. He also has short hair. Is there anything I should do? I don't have enough info to go to the police. I'm 18 so I can legally purchase a firearm for self-defence if need be, as well as other things. Any advice is appreciated. Small neighbourhood, one circular road, and a possible stalker. Let's discuss. It really does sound as if OP is being stalked. I mean, look at the evidence supporting that. A car with an unknown man pulling up or slowing down outside her house if she is visible, stares into the window at her while exiting the car. I, for one, would be very disturbed if I was a victim. As always, we have to look at the different possibilities, and Redditors came up with some interesting, out there but plausible theories. The one that got the most attention was a user telling OP to check for pokey stops in the neighbourhood. If you don't know, pokey stops are areas around communities in the popular game Pokemon Go that when you find them will provide you with items. They're usually in hotspots and areas of interest, so it's certainly a possibility. However, Opie did a check and reported back saying that there are none in the neighbourhood, and the nearest one is 0.25 miles away. Bust. But let's not give up hope of this being innocent. Another user asked if Opie's address is easy to find on map apps, as it could be a delivery driver looking for an address, and they just happen to stop outside Opie's house every time. This one's probably less likely, as it seems to happen quite a bit, and Opie says that they circle around more than twice per night. The final popular theories by one Redditor was that it's possible the driver works nearby and he just drives around on his break. They also suggest it could be a delivery driver waiting for an order, or finally, it could be the driver's route to smoke pot. These are all very good suggestions, but it doesn't really explain away the staring at OP, leaning out of the vehicle, stopping in front of the house, and driving away quickly when OP's SO was home. Once again, this could be a case of a criminal scoping out the place for a robbery. They'd probably want to make it less suspicious, however, and them staring at OP certainly makes it obvious they're there, almost as if they want to be seen. OP gives a brief description of the man, too. White male, under 50, short hair. 
The second car showing up and doing the same thing is also very weird. Like OP said, it's possible it's the same person with a different car, or it could be a completely different person doing the exact same thing. I don't know which one is scarier, to be honest. OP says in an update that they set up cameras, with the one issue being that they were very visible. They believe the man saw them as he stopped showing up, or at least he stopped his weird activities. OP continues to post to this day and they seem to be safe. We can only hope that the man really was gone for good. Just to note, for anyone that chooses to read the original post after this video, I'm using gender neutral pronouns for the person I will refer to as Jay in this story for reasons that will become apparent later. Let's begin. When I was around 13 years old, a person added me on MSN. Their name was Jay and they were from Birmingham, England. We talked a lot and became fast friends. They'd send me birthday cards and would talk every day. When I was at school, would talk via Hotmail, as I had no access to MSN. Jay exists because I met them in person once. They introduced me to their friend Dan, who was 15 at the time. Our only interaction was via MSN. I didn't have a webcam or a cell phone, so I never spoke to him in person. Dan and I became closer than Jay and I were. We dated online for a while when things took a turn. According to Dan, he'd gotten a girl pregnant and she died in childbirth. He sent me pictures of the baby. A week after that, on Valentine's Day 2007, Jay messaged me to tell me that Dan had hung himself. I was 14 at the time and distraught. However, over the years, I'd begun doubting whether Dan was actually Jay or even someone else. The plot thickens. I was bullied relentlessly in high school by this one girl who would talk to Dan and Jane. Because it's been so long, I can't remember how she got Jane slash Dan's email addresses, but after Dan died, I ended up getting into a conversation with the bully about it. She claimed she met him in person, but the caveat to that was to tell me all the horrible things he supposedly said about me, so I don't know whether she actually met him or was just saying so to hurt me. I need some closure, and I don't know where to start. I've searched Jay's full name and city online before, but I've come up with nothing. They did send me a memorial video that was made by them and Dan's friends where they talked about him, which I may be able to find. This story is very full on, so let's break it down and dissect it. There are three main people here, Jay, Dan, and the bully. Jay and the bully both exist as Opie has met them in real life, but it's up in the air whether Dan ever did, and that's a question that Opie is asking. According to Jay, Dan took his own life in 2007, and Opie has her theories that Dan was actually Jay, or just a catfish in general. So, the main point to take from this is a question of, does Dan really exist? The bully claims to have met him, but can we take their word for it? OP's update on the situation reads as follows. So, it's been a whirlwind of a week. I'm still processing, honestly. I managed to finally log into the email account I used to talk to Jay and Dan on. I sifted through tons of emails trying to find a picture or any information I could use. I managed to find a picture of them, which another user tried to cross-reference with pictures of people with the same name in their general area, but came up empty-handed. In one of her emails, they mentioned a teacher by name, and another the name of a girl in her class. I searched for the girl on Facebook and found the high school they attended. 
which I cross-referenced on Google with the teacher's name, and it was a match. Now we had the exact town they lived in. An extremely helpful user took this information and managed to find an old address for Jay, which listed their parents and siblings' full names as well. I managed to find their brother on Facebook, who was so nice and helpful. Plot twist. Jay is now John, and that's why I couldn't find them anywhere online. John's brother advised me that John didn't have social media, but he remembered me from all that time ago. I asked him if he knew or remembered Dan at all, and he said he did. I asked if he'd actually met him before, and he said he had a bunch of times. Then I asked the big question. I know he existed now, but when did he die? He didn't. John's brother linked me to his Facebook account under a slightly different name. His face is still exactly the same, just 10 years older. Dan is still very much alive. He never died. He never killed himself. I spent my teens mourning this boy and it was all just an evil, sick lie. John's brother was super kind about it all and explained that John has a habit of just doing and saying shit to hurt people because he felt like it. I couldn't convey to him that it wasn't just John who did this, it was Dan too. I felt too embarrassed to try and explain that to him. Dan and I talked every single day for two years. We shared everything with each other. Then one day he just decides he doesn't want to do this anymore, so he pretends to have killed himself. What trips me the fuck out was that John sent me a pamphlet for a fucking memorial on the beach in my hometown. I begged my mum to let me go and she wouldn't. What would have happened if I had gone? John sent me a video of various different people talking about how they missed Dan and what a wonderful person he was and how he was gone too soon. How many people were involved in this? I think my bully did meet up with Dan and I think perhaps he did tell her he hated me, but I still think she thinks he's dead too. It's been a decade and she's still an awful person, so I really don't think she'll have been able to keep this to herself for this long. It was so bizarre and so heartbreaking scrolling through his Facebook page and seeing this whole life he's lived while I've been mourning him this whole time. It seems he lives a very nice life. So, this is a crazy conclusion. Dan was in fact real, and he is alive. It's crazy to think that John lied about his death and obviously got a lot of people that agreed to join him. To go to the lengths that John did with making a fake memorial pamphlet and video, it begs a question of how much planning went into all of this, and what compelled him to do this in the first place. This was an extremely insensitive and hurtful act that was committed by both John and Dan. The fact they kept it up and basically just forgot all about OP is extremely hurtful to read about, so I can't even imagine how OP must have felt. Some commenters pointed out that John possibly told Dan a terrible lie about OP, and that's why he stopped talking to them and went along with his plan. Others theorised that maybe Dan wasn't in on it, and John was catfishing OP and needed an escape. Whatever happened, a lot of people involved in the situation did a disgusting thing, and I'm just glad that OP got the closure that they needed, even if it wasn't the answer they thought it would be. Now, this may not be as creepy or disturbing as the other entries, but I still wanted to include it. I'm big on data protection. No. Don't worry, this won't lead into a VPN sponsorship, so I think it's important to include this one. Flow is an app designed for people assigned female at birth that tracks menstruation, cycle prediction, preparation for conception, pregnancy, early motherhood, and menopause. And it's very popular from what I've heard. 
On a data security section of their website, they claim that your personal data security is our top priority at Flow. We do understand that your app profile may contain highly sensitive personal data. Sounds good, right? Well, maybe at first glance, but the more you look into it, it gets a bit bad in the data security sense. Let's take a step back and look at the Reddit post where I first learned about this. I know this sounds crazy, but whenever my period starts, I always get ads on my Instagram about pads and tampons. This happened countless times, and I know how they usually hear us talk about something through the mic and the ad pops up. I mean, that seems creepy, but understandable how it works. But what I don't get is, how the hell do they know when I'm on my period? I don't remember speaking to anyone about it out loud or on text, and just today again I got ads as soon as my cycle started. So, it seems that multiple times OP has received ads advertising period products while they're on their period. You would understandably be freaked out by this, but maybe there's an easy explanation. Some explained it away by saying that most likely these ads show up for OP a lot, but they only notice when they're on their period and get freaked out. But the top comment on the post asks if OP is using a cycle tracking app on their phone. They reply that yes, they are, but they haven't logged their period yet, so they have no record of them starting. This doesn't seem to matter, however, as one user claims that it's possible that there's an average time that AFAB people download the app before their period. If they can then take this average time and work with it a bit, they can probably predict when you're going to start, and in turn, show ads relating to that. But your data's meant to be safe, right? At least with flow it's meant to be according to them. But they're more shady than they appear. An article states that Flow has over 100 million users, and they reveal that Flow received a complaint that they were sharing sensitive health data. Who were they sharing it with? Facebook. And who owns Instagram? Facebook. It's very likely that these ads were not a coincidence, and were in fact personalised ads using OP's data. This may not seem like much of a problem to some people, but at the end of the day, users are led to believe this information is kept private, and they should deliver on their end of the deal by keeping it that way. If they're selling data, they should be honest and tell the users so they can decide if it's a deal breaker or not. Data privacy and protection is very important, and to see it be violated like this is terrible. In the end, they didn't admit to sharing data, but they did reach a settlement with the complainant that they have to notify their users about how their personal information was shared, and ask for permission to share future information. They also had to have an independent auditor review their privacy policies. This occurred in 2021, so we can only hope they stuck to their end of the deal this time and are not sharing the data of unwilling users. It's not only Flow that shares data, however, as it's likely that OP could have searched period-related stuff in a browser in the past. They could have taken this information, shared it, and provided the ads that way. Either way, the main issue here isn't who did it, but rather, have they stopped, and are they working on their data protection issues? Only time will tell. But thankfully, most devices are now offering an option for limited ad tracking which is a step in the right direction. Hi there, I'm a concerned daughter seeking advice. 
My mother has brought a man into her life, and I believe he may be a con man, trying to take advantage of her and my elderly grandmother. I am looking for resources to find out information about him. He is clearly up to something, as many of the things he has said have been obvious lies. I'm not sure if he's a run-of-the-mill bullshitter, or if he could be potentially dangerous. He has caused a huge rift within our family, and I am concerned that he is doing illegal things and trying to get my overly trusting mother involved. He has been turning my mother against me, my grandmother, and my mother's sister, and alienating her from everyone. She becomes extremely defensive and combative when anyone tries to talk to her, and it would help to have some concrete information. It has been going on for nearly two years, and it has been extremely damaging and situations within our family have come up because of him that are feeling less and less repairable. She said they are not romantically involved, but I question that heavily. My family and I are worried and frustrated and just want to know who we are dealing with. He has at one point threatened me with violence, and I am afraid of him. He has alluded that he has mafia connections, although I don't believe him, and has talked casually about hurting people who have wronged him. He seems to be involved in stolen goods, and has asked my mother to help him with jobs, and I am worried that she is getting into shit that she doesn't understand. I am also worried he might be receiving money from my mother, which would actually be my grandmother's money. I am seeking advice on reputable background check companies or resources for me to check if he has a criminal background, or even to see if anything he has said about himself is even true. Even if I find information on him that backs up anything he said, I would at least feel better and less concerned for our safety or her finances. I have tried just basic Google searches, but nothing comes up. The background check type websites mostly seem like scams or like they would probably give limited information. If anyone could recommend legitimate background checks that are not extremely costly or websites where I might be able to find criminal information, I would appreciate it so much. Thank you in advance. Whoever this man is, he sounds dangerous. Threats against OP, dragging OP's mother into possible illegal activity? This sounds very, very serious. OP wants to do a background check, but as a few users pointed out, a good con man would never give away his real name. So let's chuck that possibility out of the window. Users also highly doubt that he's actually involved with the Mafia, as if he was, he probably wouldn't need the money or reveal his connections. He tries to separate her from the family, which is horrible, and it seems she follows. It's likely he wants to control her, and he is getting to that point. OP replies to a comment and states that she met the man because of work. She hasn't met his friends or family, and she's never been to his home. This guy is a walking red flag. A short while later, OP would post an update. First, I'd like to sincerely thank you all for your suggestions, feedback, concern, and related experiences. I'd also like to especially thank a few people for reaching out to me directly and really putting me on the right track. Second, in my last post, I gave vague details about what was going on, but I'm going to provide more information to give context to what was dug up. At this point, I have not been able to find anything violent in his past, but numerous things did come up that solidified my suspicions. Long story short, nothing we dug up was violent in nature, but there were numerous, like, tons of charges and arrests dating back to the 1990s about his grifting tendencies. Charges like 
engaging in business without a contractor's license, obtain money, property, rent, labour by false pretenses, writing bag checks, etc. Both felony and misdemeanour, spanning years, decades, some of which are open and ongoing, like on parole and shit. This is exactly in line with what's going on here with my mother and grandmother. Home renovations and money spent on tools and labour and expensive items that have never materialised. These renovations are very basic but have been ongoing since mid-2020, and they are not complete. And he has a plethora of excuses as to why not, but money and time just keep getting wasted forever. Not to mention that entire parts of this house are basically unusable. This is also not including him trying to take on a weird man of the house role and demanding cooked dinners, calling my grandma mum, acting like he and my mum are in a relationship, waiting to hang until late and watch TV regularly, talking about his life, which is all bullshit too, basically trying to ingratiate himself into the family while alienating me from my mother. Supposedly, he is coming by Thursday to drop off some needed materials that she paid for early this year and he has basically been keeping hostage and do some work on the shit that he left torn apart for months and he hasn't been here for quite a while. I now have pages and pages of charges and arrests and civil suits, as well as multiple identities, socials, aliases, addresses, and proof that he lied about being a firefighter during 9-11 among other things. He knew I knew he was full of shit, which is why he created issues between me and my mother, and damaged our relationship irreparably, and threatened me with violence. I spoke to some important people in this situation, and they agree that I should not bring it up before Thursday, that I should see if he comes so she can at least get some of the merchandise she needs and paid for. I know he won't come. So, Opie was right. He is a con man, and has a history of it. Opie is in a bit of a sticky situation as she believes her mother will think she's the bad one, no matter how much evidence she provides, due to the man getting in her head. We can see the true extent of this when Opie mentions that the man convinced her mother that Opie's medical issues are a lie, and Opie really gets the impression that her mother now dislikes her. Hopefully she's not fully gone, and she can see how scummy this con man is. Users suggested that Opie should contact the police, as they believe with the man's long history of convictions that when he sees them, he will make a run for it and get out of the situation. I for one believe that Opie definitely can fix her relationship with her mother. While it will take some time, hopefully she'll eventually realise the true extent of the situation and ditch him, but we can't know for sure. While she may not believe it at first, Opie has it all on paper and she can't deny it. She can even look for herself. Opie's mother has been deceived and manipulated. She has been isolated from her family, and her great relationship with her daughter has been dragged through the mud. Opie has every reason to believe this man is dangerous. From threatening her, to isolating her mother, to hinting at illegal work to his past convictions, her mother needs to get out of there and quickly. Opie hasn't provided another update and has been pretty IA on Reddit for about a month. Hopefully she confronted her mother, and hopefully she believes her. If Opie provides an update, it will be in the pinned comment. We can only pray the situation has now been resolved.
Today I have shown you five disturbing posts from Reddit. I hope you found them interesting, and if you wish to take a look for yourself, they will all be linked in the description. Please let me know if you enjoyed this video, as I could definitely make this into a series if people want to see it. In the case that I do, if anyone has any suggestions, then definitely get in touch, and I'll be sure to either include them in this series or an episode of Dark Depths. I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, as it shows me that you're enjoying the content and helps more than you realise. Remember to turn on my post notifications so you never miss an upload. We recently hit 2k, so huge thank you to everyone for that. I really appreciate it, and we're getting closer to my end of year goal of 3k. Your guys' support really means the world to me. Huge thank you to my current Patreon supporters, Mori Gan and Oxygen Everlasting. I hope you have a good day, or night, wherever you are, in the world. Goodbye for now.